Hey, this is Dave Pryor. I'm here at the 2018 Scrum Gathering in Minneapolis with Dr. Jeff Sutherland, founder of Scrum, co-founder of Scrum. And uh, there was a big announcement made this week. Press release came out yesterday. Could you talk a little bit about what that is for the folks that haven't, may not have seen it yet? Right. So, you know, last year at the Scrum Gathering, uh, I did a presentation on Scrum at Scale, which is really the modeling the way that I've done Scrum all the way back to the first prototype in 1983. So, okay. and, and the way that Ken and I have done it when we've worked together, uh, I was talking about it, I asked people in the audience, how many of you are have multiple Scrum teams, but you have waterfall management, and right. that waterfall management is blocking your agility? And two-thirds of the people raise their raise hands. Their hands. Yeah. And in this audience we had yesterday with I don't know how many hundred people were jammed in that room. 100% yeah. of the people raised their hands. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So, yeah. so this is the problem. So, you know, this past year I was like, you know, we need to formalize this. We need to roll it out because Scrum at Scale addresses specifically how do you involve the leadership of the Agile transformation. Okay. And, and begins to solve this problem. And in terms of rolling it out at, at rolling it out at scale, yeah. Uh, about a year ago, the, the Lisa Hirschman, the CEO of the Scrum Alliance, right. said, "Hey, we would like to participate. We want a scaling framework that really we really think is compatible with the Scrum Alliance, with right. Scrum, that we can own a part of, okay. and contribute to moving forward." Okay. And how can we do that? Okay. And I said, "Well." we should form a joint venture. And uh, and it actually took a year to negotiate that. And Scrum and Scale's been around, I mean. Yeah, Scrum and Scale's been that. around several, in terms of actual implementation, it's been around since 1983. But in okay. terms of writing it down and doing training. And formalizing it, yeah. Three or four years ago, we started okay. doing it. Uh, but this past year, we've really formalized it okay. in a way that now we can have a trainer program, a certification program. Uh, we can plug right into the Scrum Alliance website and, and okay. handle all the So it's a partnership between Scrum Inc. and the Scrum Alliance. Yes. Formed, but you formed a new company to handle this, correct? Right. In order for them to actually own it and okay. help drive it, we had to create a new company Okay. that they own 50% of. So it's 50-50 split. 50-50. Okay. So your, your side is thought leadership side. They're going to deal with the certifications and all the other stuff that right, goes along right. with it. Okay. Do you think, one of the things I always recommend to folks in my classes who are like, my management doesn't get it, they don't understand why, like, go buy the red book, your last book. Right, exactly. Like, that book is, a, I mean, great explanation of the promise of what it can do, why you'd want to do it. Why does management still not understand the change that they have to go through yeah. to be able to let this stuff work? Why don't they understand? Yeah, well, I mean, in your opinion. Well, it is a completely different way of working. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I... I came out of a fighter pilot background, right. so I knew, you know, fast, fast decision making, uh, uh, rapid change, uh, the, the whole OODA loop that yep. John Boyd developed that I was, you know, immersed in. Uh, that whole way of thinking, uh, coming out of coming out of that fighter pilot experience, was, is the only way to drive a project that has as many changes as a software project has. Okay. Okay. So this was natural to me, but for some reason the industry got into this mode where 
you know, Slow we have to have down. a Gantt chart. Yeah. We put a data, data on board. every task, yep. and then we're late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how is Scrum and Scale going to help them break through that barrier? Like, it, well, does it mean that the whole organization has to change? What what we say is okay. That's that's another thing that's a little different about Scrum and Scale. We want to build a model with a small set of teams that works. Okay. Because we know when you go into an organization, there's a huge amount of organizational problems that right. block agility. So we want a leadership team okay. that is responsible for building an agile ecosystem so this small set of teams can work. Okay. So they're reshaping the environment. So they create a new environment okay. that works. That's, that's the key. You don't okay. expand it until it works. Okay. Then in rolling waves, you roll you it out. You roll it out. So okay. like at, at 3M Healthcare, we started the rolling wave and, and, and it took three years to get 1,500 people booted up. Okay. So what are the common things in the ecosystem that have to change for that to, to, to support it? Well, first of all, the management, we want a date. Okay. It has to be this and yeah. it has to have all these features and every project is priority one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to micromanage it every step of the way. We yeah. have we have a PMO that's going to micromanage the hell out of it yeah. to make sure we're on time, yeah. right? Contr Tighten the all the screws. Standard, standard yeah. practice. Okay. Right. So all of that has to change because, first of all, everything isn't priority one. Yeah. In Scrum at Scale, everything is rank-ordered. Okay. From the top, for, for, what, for what the Agile bubble you create at the top that has a forced ranking of all initiatives, all projects, okay. all initiatives, all feature sets, all releases, so is forced ranked. If those controls are there partly because of a lack of trust, if they're at the top level now prioritizing the initiatives that they want to see, is that, it seems like that would help them trust more flowing downward because they're actually making the decisions instead of saying do all of it. Well, what, what happens, of course, with Scrum, is they're going to get results demonstrated to them every sprint. Okay. Usually two weeks. Yeah. Not a year from trust. now. They're going to yeah. try to roll it out, and the customers are going to say it doesn't work. Okay. So they're going to get regular uh, feedback, and they're going to know the velocity of the team so they can see how that's burning down. Okay. And so we actually have much better estimation and uh, and uh, projection of date skills okay. using Agile planning than okay. a traditional PMO. So you're not in the no estimates camp. I was no. talking with Woody last night and we got into that again. So, Well, it's very interesting. You know, Rally did a study of 60,000 scrum teams yeah. and they found that the teams that did hours were the slowest. Okay. The no estimate people were faster, Yeah. but they were slower than the people doing scrum. Okay. But the fastest teams had really small user stories that were estimated in points. So breaking no it down tasking, very no tasking, thing. just no task. small user stories. So that's the stuff that like that's Ron's always arguing. Team. If it takes more than one task, it's too big. Okay, yeah, that's really right. cool. Um, there's a lot of scaling options out there right now. Yeah. I mean, it keeps growing. How is, is Scrum at scale different, or what is it answering that the other ones aren't answering? Well, first of all, most of the scaling options are focused on IT. Okay. Most of our companies that we work with today are not IT. Yeah. Or the, and the business side is like yeah. you just mentioned, that's the side that's going so, down. If you take one of the scaling options and you go to the sales team and say, 
implement this. Yeah. <laughs> they, they vomit. Right, right. They don't understand. But if you go there with Scrum at Scale, we have, I, I just had a lady from Moscow, she said, Scrum at Scale is fantastic for salespeople in Russia. She says, That's awesome. I've got many teams. Okay. And she said, also in medicine, I've gone over to the clinics. I have 100 clinics running Scrum. No IT. It's just running the clinics That's with Scrum. Great. It's all Scrum at Scale. Okay. And there's so, case studies people can read yeah, so well yeah. on the site, right? Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that's emerging is, uh, uh, you know, I work closely with Jim Johnson at the Standish Group, which has collected okay. all this data for 30 years. Yeah. Since. And, and just for the folks that are listening, if you're not familiar with this, this is where the thing about only 30% of the projects succeed, which is the one that everyone quotes. Yeah. 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 So Jim says for the last three years, he's been trying to figure out how does Scrum work? Okay. Looking at his data set of, you know, 50 to 100,000 projects that he's right. tracking. And what he's figured out is that it's the time to make a decision that is the key. Okay. He says, you know, we always said leadership involvement was the number one thing. Right. And uh, PMI, they all know yeah. that. But he said the reason it's the number one thing is that if they're involved, the decisions get made quickly. Faster, because okay. He says, if I split my, my projects into decision time less than an hour on the average, right. compared to five hours or, or, more, or a week, yeah, yeah. The, the, the success failure rate is even bigger than the gap between agile and traditional project wow. management. Okay. He said, it is the biggest differentiator That's really between failure rate and cost. Okay. And he says, he can show the average project has one decision for every $1,000 in the project. And if that decision takes an hour and the project costs a million dollars, if the decisions on the average take five hours, it costs $1.9 million. Wow. I mean, I, I think that's fascinating. And that'll totally resonate with the right. PMOs so, and everything right. like that. Okay. So this is like completely independent of Agile. Yeah. Now, where did the decision get broken down? Like yesterday when, you know, three or 400 people said, you know, our agility is blocked by management who has right. waterfall thinking. Right. What they really mean is they can't get a good decision uh, to drive things fast. Okay. Including prioritization. Including, and the most important one I think is prioritization because right. in many of their companies, everything's priority one. Yeah. So that causes de decision conflict and okay. delay. And so Scrum at Scale says, okay, for the agile bubble that you create, starting small, then it will grow to the whole company. Right. There is a leadership team that meets every day and can turn around a decision. Okay. So is it almost like tracking like value stream for decision making within the company then? Like yeah, how can what, you what find we, waste in that and remove it? What we find, what we typically find, uh, since we're in Minneapolis, three of us is a good example, yeah. is they, you know, they have many hundreds of teams and they're, they're building this huge system okay. and the architecture is monolithic and it's very hard to un see, understand the yeah. value stream. Right. So in addition to booting up Scrum at scale, we need to start actually having an architectural plan that will take several years okay. to try to change things around so that we can actually drive a value, so the teams can be focused on a value stream that has revenue at the end. Okay. So you just said several years. So this isn't like we're going to come in in 30 days, bang, it's all different. No. That's a very di that's a different promise than some of the other yeah, organizations well, are making. 
And no, I don't want you to say anything can, bad about it. Nobody can go in 30 days yeah. and make it all different. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's an evolu it's a, it's a journey that's an evolution, and everybody knows that. Okay. You don't have to. Well, everybody except the people sometimes signing the contract. Right, right. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that was really interesting when you guys made the announcement was you talked about open source a number of times. Yeah. And I was really excited about that. But can you explain why that was an important part of the decision and what you wanted to do, how you wanted to affect this with the okay. work that you're doing? Well, back when, back, uh, when you know, I started Scrum in 93 and then was running for a couple of years. Right. Uh, the company uh, that I, that the Scrum started in was acquired, and okay. at the time of the acquisition, or shortly thereafter, I, I called up Ken Schwaber because I, I'd known him for many years. Right. He was a waterfall project management methodology guy. That's what he was selling. And I, I, and, <laughs> I'm struggling with that. Okay. And he was selling, you know, 300 three-ring binders yeah. to yeah. Anderson Consulting, wow. Coopers and Liber, and okay. Young. And in the middle of those 300 uh, binders, where there was a box with a software package for a Gantt chart. Okay. That's what Ken was selling. Wow. So I, I brought Ken in. I said, I want you to take a look at the Scrum team because yeah. this really works, and the methodologies you're selling don't work. And and so he came in. He spent two weeks with the team, and at the end of the week says, Yes, it really works. Okay. So I said, Ken, why don't you sell Scrum instead of the traditional methodology yeah. package? And so he said, well, how would we do that? And I said, well, I think it needs to be open source. Okay. Because if it's proprietary, it'll be very hard to get traction. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was when the open source movement was, was huge back yeah, then. It was, yeah. It was actually emergent. You know, we didn't have Linux then. We didn't have... Oh, uh, before Linux. Okay, sorry. But, I was thinking it was... Um, some of the open source stuff had been booted up. Okay. Uh, like Richard Stallman had yeah, started Cathedral this, and the Bazaar. And the, yeah, that. That, that stuff was going on, but okay. the, I think open source we have today it was not as formalized. Okay. Uh, but I knew that that was the future, and Ken agreed to do that. We made Scrum open source. But as things have evolved, Scrum itself we kept open source, but a right. lot of the stuff around it is every yeah. frame, every scaling framework is proprietary, yeah. right? Yeah. And so when we started Trump at Scale, I said, I said to my team, I want it to be open source. Yeah. And so my team got behind it, and I said, if, as long as everybody's behind that, let's make it more open source than Scrum. Okay. So, so how do you do that? So everybody that becomes a trainer right. has to have a case study. Okay. All the materials are going to be open source. All the case studies will open source. Okay. All that stuff will be on the web. Anybody in the world can take it, pick it up, and do whatever they want. Okay. That's so really it's, cool. So it's, you know, open source squared. That's great. <laughs> but Scrum at Scale. So if people want to learn more about Scrum at Scale and the work that you guys are doing now, where's the best place for them to go? Should they go to Scrum.inc or Scrum Alliance? Or? No, it's, okay. we have a Scrum at Scale dot com website okay. okay and they can see and case I, studies of people they using see case it studies they can see okay they can sign up for courses the train the certified trainer program okay is outlined there for people who actually want to become trainers okay cool. uh, so scrum and i'm assuming that's going to be a fairly arduous process I, I shouldn't say arduous since i'm on the tack i shouldn't say it's arduous but it's, it's going to be a complicated process you don't just sign up well you know the basic model is they need to go to scrub a SEO class so they know what okay, it is. Right. And then they need to have experience in the field where they have a case study. Okay. 
and then they can apply to go to a week-long train-the-trainer session. Okay, cool. So, it so you're only going to have people that have actually done it that are out there teaching. It, it, it should be easier than the CST projects, for example. It's yeah. quite arduous. Right. It, it should be simpler for that. Most of the people we're dealing with are either already CSTs or already yeah. coaches or agile leaders. So okay. They're, um, they're already deep in the field. They're already people in the field. Yeah. And, and so it, it'll be less complicated. Okay, cool. Um, all right, now weird question. Yeah. Personal weird question. Every time I see you, you're in all black. Yeah. Can you explain why? Well, back in 2005, I, you know, for most of the time I was doing Scrum in the early days, I was right. head of engineering inside companies. Okay. But around uh, 2005, uh, Ken wanted me to help out and with some of the clients, particularly right. in Silicon Valley. And I convinced my CEO to let me spend 20% of my time consulting. Okay. So, and I went out and as I'm presenting and, and um, I should also say I, I've done a lot of venture okay. uh, stuff, right. startups and the venture now, How guys. many companies have you been in charge of? It's a bunch of them. 11, 11, 11 companies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the venture guys, they often wear black. Okay. So I have, the, I ha, I, I ha, also the decision making, you want to shorten your decision yeah. cycle. You that's know, the you Einstein You have to thing. get up in the morning, what do I wear today, yeah. okay? So I want something that's consistent. Okay. Uh, the black model uh, seemed like it would work. Uh, you know, I'd seen it work for the venture guys. And Johnny Cash. Yeah. And so I, I started wearing it and then, then all of a sudden everybody expected that. Okay. And now you have a brand built. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So that's where it started, and cool. I just kept, yeah, hung on to it. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate taking time out to this. Okay. And thanks for letting me ask some weird questions. Yeah. Um, so they can go to Scrum at Scale. If they want to get in touch with you, just go to Scrum at Scale as well. That's the best Scrum way to do scale. it. Scrum at Okay. People can always uh, contact me directly, Jeff at ScrumInc.com. Cool. All right. Jeff, thank you very much. Yeah. Great.